Hi friends, and welcome back to another episode of How to Live the Podcast, where we have real, meaningful, and fun conversations with people who inspire us, and sometimes we just have them with each other. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon, and this week is very exciting because we've partnered with the Virgin Australia Melbourne Fashion Festival to deliver you an audio experience of the festival wherever you are in the world. We'll be chatting to designers, stylists, and entrepreneurs about the secrets, their successes, how they've built their careers, and so, so much more. So we've been doing a lot of episodes. We're probably about halfway through almost now, and we are ending the week with a very special ticketed live episode from the VAMP VIP studio. That is going to be with the amazing Catherine Wills, our very own mentor and founder of vegan accessories label Sands Beast, There are still a few tickets left. So if you would love to come along, please follow the link in the show notes and you can purchase yourself some tickets for 10 old bucks. So today's episode is a pretty special one. We got to sit down with Sarah Gale, the owner of AMPR. Now, if you guys have never heard of them, they actually do the PR for the entire Melbourne Fashion Festival. And kind of the entire of Melbourne. They're a really awesome agency that we've had the pleasure of working with many, many times. She is a communications and branding expert. So today we really got to pick her brain about all things PR. And she's also on the committee of the Public Relations Council of Australia. Which sounds pretty fancy if you ask us. And a mum of three. So this episode was recorded live from the plaza at Vanth. So excuse a little bit of background noise, but we know you are going to enjoy the hell out of this one. Here it is. So we wanted to chat to you about PR, but we know that a lot of people when they're leaving school, they hear about this PR thing that they could study, but they don't necessarily know what it was. I know that was me because yeah. I studied professional communication at RMIT. Ah, I didn't and know that. I was like, oh yeah, there's some PR in that. I don't really know what it is. It sounds fun. And then, you know, when brands are starting out, they're obviously thinking, okay, do I need a PR agency? But I don't even necessarily know what that is. So we would love it if you could kind of give us a little bit of an explainer on that. Sure. Like you, I went and studied PR having no real understanding of what it was. I think it just sounded good. Um, And after an arts degree, I was keen to do something a bit more creative. So I think a lot of people do jump into PR not quite understanding what it's about. But my advice to anyone wanting to study PR would be to actually go and try and get some experience do an internship because as with many industries, the reality is often very different to what you might think of it. So yeah, I think getting experience and actually understanding what's involved day to day, it's definitely not as glamorous as it may look on the outside. Which is what we hear from most people when they tell us about our jobs, especially this week in fashion. Everyone's like, I know it sounds glamorous, but we actually schleppers, which is what I've been doing all day today. Exactly. And I think, you know, we have an inside joke where half of our role is literally holding glasses for people, getting cake for the guests, you know, running around chasing people, holding the flash for photographers. So yeah, there's certainly a lot more that goes into it than what people may see. For sure. But in reality, you know, I think you guys do play a big part in if a brand does want to kind of get their messaging out there and get it in front of eyes. Yeah. I think social media now is one way to do it, but PR is the other way to do it, which is you guys are kind of the intermediary with press outlets and you also 
you do event coordination, you do a whole bunch of different things, is that right? Yes, definitely. To your earlier point, I think a lot of brands come to us saying, oh, we've been told we need a PR agency. And I think often people jump to that before they actually have an understanding of what they actually want to achieve. And often PR is the right solution, but I think there's a lot of fundamentals that need to be established before onboarding PR agencies. So yeah, like actually understanding who you're wanting to speak to and what the objective you know, of your campaign is because PR speaks to a certain audience, but social media also has a big place for most brands. Totally. I think that's such an important point, like working out what who you're speaking to, who's your target market and what is your brand messaging. And you can even just like Google now a template for those kinds of things yeah. and like start to write down what is your messaging? Because yeah. so many brands launch and they don't even think about totally. those things. Yeah, I totally. feel like we've definitely been guilty of that. Yeah, we have. I'm for like, sure. who are these people that go out there and start their brands without? We're a very successful example of that. But yeah, it's amazing how many brands come to us and actually don't know what success looks like to them. So it's going to be impossible for us to achieve success if you don't even understand what that looks like. So I think that's, you know, the most important thing. And then this is really fun for us because I guess we have known you in like a professional capacity for a long time, but we don't really know that much about like the background, Sarah, before AMPR. So we'd love to hear like, how did you start in PR? Were you an intern way back in the day and then went out on your own? What did it look like? I sure was. I um, did a number of internships while I was studying and probably the one that resonated the most was an internship at a place called Press Girl Publicity, um, which as it sounds was uh, fashion PR. And I did a number of others in sort of different industries just to make sure that that was what I wanted to do. And yes, ended up sort of following that path you know, working my way up, I guess, from an intern through a number of different agencies to land at AMPR. Amazing. I love to hear that you yourself started as an intern. Like what a, an amazing success story is that? And just like goes to show that like by starting somewhere as an intern, you never kind of know where you're going to end up, right? No, it's so true. And, you know, I think if you look at our business now, 80% of our team probably started as an intern. I think it's a great way to get your foot in the door and sort of demonstrate what you're made of. So at what point did you decide to go out on your own? What kind of sparked that decision? I didn't start AMPR. I was fortunate enough to start working there as a reasonably young PR practitioner. No way. We did not know that. Yes. So I started working with a lady called Anne Morrison, hence the AMPR. And she was incredible, an amazing mentor. And after about six years, she was looking to retire. So I was offered the opportunity to, I guess, work with her on taking over the business. So it's 10 years ago or more than 10 years ago now. So I guess since that time, I made the decision where I wanted to honour her legacy and I guess the culture and the passion that she instilled in that business, but also take it in a new direction and also grow it in new categories and new services. And we've successfully done that. So it's been good. I can't believe that didn't come up in our research. I'm I shocked. know. There you, you go. Yeah. Well, that's because you know how to do PR. So you buried <laughs> that one. Sarah Gale, SG, no. SGPR. Yeah. yeah, I know. Well, so there cool. you go. <laughs> Learned something new today. Yeah, love that. And so AMPR is the official PR for the festival and has been for many, many years. And we know so much must go into organizing this massive fashion festival. So if you do work at AMPR, 
and you're here this week working at VAMP, what are some of the things that you might be doing now and also in the lead up to a festival? As you said, this is my 18th festival, I think. So it's been incredible to see the festival grow over that time. I think the first festival I did was down at South Wharf in a tent. So it's come a long way since then. So we start working on the festival probably six months out from festival. And I guess that sort of first few months is very much around looking at international guests and talent that we can bring on board and also looking at topics and discussions that are happening in the industry that we can start working on and bring to life at VAMF, planning out our PR campaign and, you know, having those discussions with media early on is really important. So that's a long process. And then festival week, by the time festival starts, a lot of the hard work has been done in terms of sort of the, the planning and everything. I know. I feel like everyone looks actually quite relaxed yes, this week. Yeah. Once it starts, it's kind of like, okay, you know, it's, it's all in place now. But still, it's very busy. We've got a team of probably 10 on site each night managing media accreditation. We have to accredit up to 300 media um, and influencers throughout the week. And, you know, managing the front row allocation with VIPs and and influencers and media and so on. Running around, chasing media, setting up opportunities, you know, doing the weather crosses. And and like I said before, there is a lot of, you know, the things that people wouldn't expect, like the uh, behind the scenes stuff as well. Yeah. And I think that your team always makes people feel like so looked after. I know we've always really felt that way. And it's always fun to see them let their hair down towards the end of the week as well. And you can feel that it's just like a little bit more relaxed. It's like the marathon's almost over. Definitely. It does feel like a marathon, but... um, It feels like a marathon to us this week as well. (laughs) So we can like relate on some small scale this week. Definitely. So you have hired a lot of different people, obviously. So we'd love to chat to you about what stands out on a resume to you when you're looking to hire someone to work with you. Yeah, definitely. I think these days, you know, there's so much opportunity for people to demonstrate creativity and how they're approaching a new role. And, And I think we have the attitude at AMPR where we often don't hire for a role. We hire for the right person. So if the right person contacts us and they're incredible, we can't say no to them. We try and find a role to fit that person. So I think that's an unusual approach that we take. But recently we had someone apply for a role and they'd replicated some of our get to know the team videos on our Instagram and that actually videoed their own sort of version of that which I thought was pretty impressive and, and off the back of that we, we certainly got them in for an interview. So yeah I think having creativity, showing an understanding that you understand what our business is. We get so many resumes where they'll have the wrong agency name or misspelled oh, my no. name so that's a, a, a no-go. So yeah creativity and I think you know looking at people's it's not so much about the education it's more around what experience that they've gone off and gotten their own time as well. Yeah. And that thoughtfulness is just something that like is really unrivaled. Even if we get like a resume that doesn't sound like they've had the right experience, if they're thoughtful and done something like that video or, you know, really gone above and beyond in a way to understand what we're doing here, we're just automatically going to listen to them so much more and be so much more willing to meet with them. Yeah, completely. It just shows that they you know, really want to work with you, not just any agency. They've sort of taken the time to understand what, what it is that you do. I feel like even with resumes now, there's so much that you can do with them. And like now if we get a plain blank white resume, I'm like, oh, okay. You feel like not as much thought went into it. I feel like with like Canva, and apps like that, like it's so easy to yeah, build. Yeah, like, Canva's free, guys. Yeah, like, like, why literally. not just jump on? Well, we get a pretty pink resume. That's going to stand out to us. Like if it's kind of put together well, yeah. like 
those things matter. If you've got spelling mistakes on your resume, you're going to notice that. Totally. It kind of shows that you don't have great attention to detail. Exactly. Ultimately, PR is a creative industry. So I think if you can show that creative flair and, you know, show in that first instance that you understand technology and, and various platforms to, you know, incorporate, then that goes a long way. And then we were really excited to sit down with you to kind of pick your brain about how to get press. Because I guess for us, you know, there's so many different ways people talk about going about it, like a press release and then calling a journalist and, you know, there are all these different things. So what are some tips on how like a small brand could look at getting some press? Press releases, I think, still have a purpose, but we more use them as a support to a pitch rather than as your pitch. So they're always a great supporting document if you've sold in a story that sort of gives everyone, the journal, all the information that they need to sort of support that. You know, having great content is really important, having a great story to tell and being sort of creative in how you, you know, how you execute that as well. I think video these days is is really paramount. Often selling a story instead of writing a press release, you know, create a great video that actually tells your story and, and visually, you know, all media at the end of the day were visual aside from podcasts, you know, so actually being able to show visually what it is you're trying to sell is really important. Wow, that is such an interesting tip. We've never heard that one before. And like, and it reminds me of when I don't even want to tell this story because people ask us about it all the time. But four years ago, when we launched Tubes, we did a guerrilla marketing stunt at New York Fashion Week. And we wrote to so many journalists about it. And we were like, here are some photos. And in words, this is what we did. And yeah. no one wanted to write about it. Really? And then we were like, oh, like, there's a story here. So we actually went and made a video, like created a video and then sent it to them. And then people were so much more willing to share it and talk about it. But we haven't done that since. Wow. We haven't wow, done it. Yeah. Yeah. So you thought of it back then. So, yeah. you, you know, you were already onto it. Do you mean like creating a video that they could publicize either or sometimes it's just a good way to get their attention and to show them what you do and to sort of I guess cut through the noise because it's very hard for any journo who's receiving upwards of 50 emails or hundreds of emails a day to kind of try and work out what they should be covering and what's going to appeal to their audience so I think giving them something that is really um, immediate and very quick and easy for them to digest then that is a golden tip get on video people (laughs) I love that so When you're working with a brand, will you sometimes yourselves be in a video pitching something or is it always of the brand? Uh, Look, it varies. I think we prefer to be in the backgrounds when we're pitching a brand. It's all about the brand. But I think it's if they have content that they may have access to from campaign shoots or behind the scenes or even showing these days with all the ethical and sustainability messaging, taking people inside your studio or inside your workshop to actually show people what you're doing um, can be a really effective way as well. Mm. I'm just blown away. So, yeah, that's one one of many. But press releases, like I said, I think certainly writing a press release that, that demonstrates and clearly tells people what you're doing is still very important. And what about like the subject of an email? Like I know people's inboxes are so flooded. How do you actually get them to click open? Yeah, I'm a big believer of the subject line. But I do think, you know, more so than that, a phone call is probably an even better way. And of course, everyone has their preference. But I think often sending an email, you never know who's opened it, if it's of interest. But picking up the phone, you can pretty quickly get a response, whether it's yes, no, or let's workshop this further. So I'm always telling the team to pick up the phone a bit more. Yeah, let's workshop this further is something that we've learned recently that journalists are actually down to do. I don't feel like we knew that. Definitely. Yeah. 
you never get that opportunity if it's over email. You know, True. it's always a, a, a yes or no because you've only got what you've put in words on the email. Um, whereas if you pick up the phone, you can say, well, if that doesn't work, how about, you know, would you be interested in this? And you can explore other options. What about emojis in a subject? No, definitely no emojis. No. no exclamation marks or capitals I try to avoid. Oh, like all capitals? Yes. Like yeah, you're screaming no. at a person. No, exactly. yeah, totally. aggressive. Unless it is breaking news. Is a really big part of your job being out and about and kind of schmoozing people? For me, not so much anymore. Because you've been there and I've done that. I've been there and I've got three kids now, so I have to um, balance, you know, that delicate line. So I try to be a bit selective in what I go out to and only having one night out during the week if possible. Obviously, not this week, uh, this <laughs> week, every night. So, yeah, just being mindful of, you know, what I'm committing to and, and trying to balance that. But it's hard because, you know, every client and every event is, is really valuable. But fortunately, we've got a big team and, you know, we've got an amazing team flying the flag for ANPR um, when I'm not there. You got to sneak away for half an hour for a podcast interview. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know I should be seating someone. So how do you go with having three kids, having this business and your one night out a week? How do you kind of find time for yourself in all that? Because like for us, we love to talk about balance and we've kind of fallen prey to that work till midnight mentality, like work, work, work. It's all about that. And when you love your work, you can kind of fall into that. And I imagine when you have kids at home as well, it can be really hard to find time for yourself. Do you manage to get that in there? Uh, Look, I don't know if I've found that right balance just yet, but um, it is hard because I I do love what I do and, you know, I love the clients I work on. But I think being a little bit older now and having a bit more hindsight, I do know that, you know, it's okay to say no to things. It's okay to reschedule things if you have to. And I think not sort of being dictated by your diary and and filling your day with meetings is something that I've learned more recently. It's like, it's okay to actually just have time to get through what you need to do so that you can go home and switch off a bit. Family is is incredibly important to me. So I want to be sure first and foremost that I'm a good mum at the end of the day and, and sort of putting time into that as well. Yeah. I love that it is okay to say no because I feel like there's so much confidence in cancelling a plan. Totally. I feel like I'm a very confident person, but am I confident enough to cancel a plan? I don't know. (laughs) Well, you feel guilty. I think there's just that guilt and and the pressure you put on yourself to try and do everything and fit everything in. I think that's when you really start to fall apart when you're just trying to be everything to everyone. So you've really got to, I guess, look at what your priorities are and and sort of focus on them. This was actually a question that we wanted to ask you that Steph's boyfriend raised. He did. He was Mm. like next to us when we were (laughs) writing this interview and he was like, Oh, I'd like to ask Sarah this. What he wanted to know, which we also wanted to know, was back in the day it was all about celebrity gifting and you needed to get your brand seen with celebrities, celebrities at your parties. And then it was kind of influencers. And I guess we're kind of still in that era where influencers have influence, but it feels like it's getting a bit stale. Mm. What's next? Do you have a theory? I do have a theory. I think everyone has their role in the ecosystem. But for me, I think it's definitely moving towards role models. A lot of the brands that we're working with and I think certainly people want that authenticity. People want to be inspired by people who are are doing good. It's not just superficial. It's not just about looking good. It's like how are people excelling in what they do and how can they inspire people to be better at something? So I think we're seeing a lot more of that and, you know, in all categories, I think. That's really interesting to hear. I've never really thought about that before, but I guess it's the same way that we talk a lot about how in business and as a brand, 
where it's moving is that you need to have values and that's what people are really looking to connect with. And I guess it's the same in, in who people look up to. It's yeah. no longer just people who have a bunch of stuff. It's people who really like stand for something and embody something that they care about. Yeah, definitely. And I think aligning with brands, you know, it's so important that they have that authenticity and credibility. And I think aligning with people who share those values is really important. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, having said that, I think in terms of fashion brands wanting to sell product, influencers are incredibly successful at doing that, as is mainstream media. I think, you know, magazines, television, they all still play a really important role in that mix too. So the theme, as you would well know, of this year's festival is fashion's wonderland. So we wanted to ask you if you could create Sarah's wonderland, where would it be? Who would be there with you? And what would you be doing? I would be on a beach somewhere. I would be surrounded by my family and friends and probably all of my cats who are no longer here. And I would be having a massage, drinking a cocktail and reading a book. Oh, that sounds really superficial. It sounds and really, similar to Our it's Wonderland. It's very similar. Our Wonderland was also by a beach having a massage with animals who are no longer with us. Wow, there you go. I know. I know. I feel really guilty saying that because, uh, you know, my kids aren't involved in that Wonderland, but they would be there. That's okay. Yeah. They're, they're at the kids club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're just down the way. So if people are interested in hearing more about you and about AMPR, where can people find you guys? Uh, probably the best place would be our Instagram, which is AMPR underscore group. Or our website, which is ampr.com.au. Awesome. And you have some great coverage of the festival going on as well. So people should definitely check that out. Yeah, most definitely. And Grand Prix this week as well. So it's a busy week. Oh, my goodness. I did not realise you guys are doing that as well. You are crazy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks Sarah. Thank Thanks for being our first ever live podcast. Ah, thank you for having me for my first ever podcast. <laughs> So, guys, if you did like this episode, we would just love you to help us get the word out. Please rate us five stars. Share it with your friends. We love to see you listening to the episodes on Instagram. Just tag at how to live. And if you'd like to continue the conversation, please hop on over to our Facebook group, How to Live the Podcast, and we will see you over there. So tomorrow morning, we will be back for a little bit of a midweek breaky break which is an In Conversation episode with the two of us. We feel like there's a lot of stress going on in the world right now. It's not just Fashion Week. It's a lot of other stuff. You know what I'm talking about. So we are doing an In Conversation episode live from the David Jones Burke Street windows and the theme is stress less. If it sounds like something you need, we will see you right here in your favourite podcast place tomorrow morning. In the meantime, sleep well and we will see you in the morning. See ya. See ya.